nobody there It seems I'm all alone again Does anybody care? This planet's empty I see no signs of life Please don't tell me that the human race did not survive There are no people in the future There are no people There are no people in the future No people at all There are no people in the future Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future Let me try my people call It is Monday, July 10th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens, Out to Coop Live. This is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards or from across the country. And tonight, we just kind of got a little casual summer hangout as we get back into the swing of things back here from vacation. You can also join us at the end of the week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. And you can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress today. You can help out the show also right now by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the the stream for the show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And if you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. Leave a comment to let other other folks know why you like the show. Little things like this help others find the show. It's the best thing you can do. Keep indie media strong. And for more PA Progressive Talk, tune in to the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Head on over to ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. Info on his free speech TV show. Well, everything you need there. You got to check out the Sisters of the Night Cop. Oh, my God. My face is not working right tonight. You got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast. Rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus and subscribe to their podcast at Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And I haven't heard The Signal is a new podcast from the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Michaleko, and is produced by yours truly. Twice a month, The Signal will shine a light on the right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive roots. Check them out at thebuckscountybeacon.podbean.com or pick the podcast up wherever you get your podcast. And I got to say, we recorded a special episode today, and uh, you're going to love it. So check out the signal this Wednesday. New episode drops, and I promise you this is going to be the one that you want to tune in for and share with every freaking buddy you know. Um, so do check it out. And for all you gamers out there, the Game In is our Quaker Town-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show. They've got everything for Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops, everything you need. Check them out on their Facebook page or follow them on Twitter at, at the Game In. That's with two N's. If you've got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. Special shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff and follow his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at Song of Day Man. That's with two N's, at Song of Day Man on Twitter. We cannot let Paul Martino, Moms for Liberty, and their oligarch friends buy our schools and push extremist politics in our community. Raging Chicken has teamed up with Level Field to launch a truly rooted community pack to invest in organizing, supporting local and statewide progressive candidates, and unmasking the toxic organizations injecting our communities with right-wing extremism. We're putting small-dollar donations to work to beat back the power of big money. You can get more information and drop your donation at ragingchicken.levelfield.net. And we're getting back in the swing of things. And boy, next week on Out to Coop Live, do we have a good one for you. Next Monday, July 17th at 7 p.m., I will welcome Alyssa Bowen back to the show. Yes, Alyssa Bowen. 
from True North Research. She's amazing. And we're going to be talking about that right-wing group of bums seeking to destroy publication, um, public education. But get this, it's not Moms for Liberty. Yes, in her new report on Truth Out, entitled, quote, A January 6th Moms Group Funded by Big Lie Donors is Stoking Voter Suppression. Yes, you got it. In that article, Alyssa shines a light on the well-funded right-wing group Moms for America. Moms for America has also been a major player in pushing voter suppression, election denialism, attacks on public schools, and COVID-19 misinformation. Coming to a school district near you. Um, so tune in next week at 7 p.m. We'll be talking with Alyssa Bowen. Well, on tonight's show, like I said at the onset, we're going to have a pretty open show. Um, a little chat about what's happened in the news. A little kind of talk about, you know, this past week. Uh, maybe what's coming up. Maybe a little about vacation, but most of all, what's on your mind, right? So if you're out there, you got something kind of that's on your mind. It's kind of like been thinking about um, experience you had this past week. Uh, what you've been up to? Uh, what you do for the fourth? Uh, what actions you've been a part of? You know, the whole nine yards. So um, we can check it all out. Well, yes. Yeah, so uh, we are back indeed, and this is. Um, uh, yeah, the Monday after getting back from my vacation. And uh, I was out there with my family on vacation with my family. And, uh, you know, it was pretty awesome. And I was very happy to be away. Um, I, I, I was torn, but I, I have to say right up from the onset, I was torn about, um, I shouldn't say I was torn. I shouldn't even put it this way. I should put it like this. I said, one of those things that was like on my mind front and center before I went on vacation was the Moms for Liberty summit in Philadelphia, right? Um, so I left, you know, to go out of town uh, right as that summit was getting going. Um, and there was that, you know, part of me at that, you know, not part of me, but, you know, God, I wanted to be there, you know, wanted to be there, wanted to be kind of down with others, um, making my voice heard and so on. But, you know, kind of thing, you make vacations, uh, you plan vacations well ahead of time. Um, didn't know this is going to correspond or whatever. And so kind of like, you know, relied on listening to and list, you know, uh, and hearing from and reading about, um, all the folks in, you know, this community in my, you know, my own community in, in Bucks County and Pennsylvania across the country, really showing up to, uh, say no way are we going to accept this kind of fascism, um, this creeping fascism in our schools or in our, in our Commonwealth. So, um, so was that uh, Jane Kramer um, from the kind of Penridge area, right? Who's been an uh, outspoken um, organizer um, and parent in the Penridge school district, who's uh, frequently speaks at the Penridge boards, uh, board meetings is a great organizer. She was interviewed um, um, and she gave a speech um, at the, I think it was a Thursday night um, before um, when they first got there, she was down there. Other folks from Bucks County um, kind of got up and spoke. Um, Diana Lagerman um, was, you know, kind of active. So lots of folks um, like how we're down there. And it's just amazing seeing the kind of reporting what's going on. Um, there's also been great reporting coming um, from people who were there. Um, there's a couple articles that have come out um, since the Bombs for Liberty Summit. Um, folks who were kind of embedded inside, a journalist that kind of uh, spoke with folks. And it's, uh, well, pretty disturbing, um, to say the least, um, what they are planning, um, the people that are involved in it, um, how this organization, Moms for Liberty, has very much been um, completely, like, flooded with uh, political and financial support um, from the Republican Party, of course, there was, there was, you know, they were never far apart um, to begin with, but from the right wing of the Republican Party and is very much being incorporated into uh, Republican strategies going forward about, you know, um, not just this uh, fall's municipal elections, um, but also leading to the elections in 2024 for president and House, Senate seats and so on. So, hmm. yes, it's a big, it was a big deal. So Monster Liberty has come and gone. Um, I think you're going to hear a lot more about this, and I'm sure that people have um, been talking about it nonstop since. But, um, it, you know, 
it was there. So I miss that, you know, being on vacation. Um, but I'm slowly catching up, um, hearing about people's experiences from being there and so on. So that was good. Um, it was also being, you know, just kind of nice to just kind of clear my head, you know. Um, I'm sure everybody, everybody could use that right about now, you know. Um, and it was certainly great to be away uh, with my family just to play in the ocean. Oh, uh, that's the thing. Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. Should not be yawning, but um, I've been slow getting back. Um, so, yeah, so what else is going on this week, everybody? Um, I'd love to hear uh, if you've got any kind of thoughts or uh, comments about things that are going on. Um, were you at the Moms for Liberty? Uh, were you at the Moms for Liberty Summit? Were you protesting there? Um, you know, just kind of what's going on. What's going on? Um, what did I else I want to say? Just getting through some things. So I, I, I don't know. I guess some things that have been standing out for me. And we'll start there. And um, one of the things that was just glaring this week, and I'm sure it was to lots of folks, right? You know, um, I've been so focused so much on what's happening with the school boards. Um, now, the school boards are taking a little break uh, over the summer, but, you know, it's going to be in no time that you're going to have the elections that are coming up. Um, but we also had a week of climate catastrophe, which is ongoing. Um, I mean, I'm sure people have seen the um, state of emergencies have been declared in New York and uh, uh, Vermont. Um, and, you know, there's this uh, article in the New York Times today um, uh, by this David Gellis, um, which was a little bit disturbing, right? So it was uh, climate, you know, this is climate disasters are getting worse and losing their shock value, um, which is, is quite concerning, right? Because at the very time that we need to be paying attention, um, what goes on? Uh, alternative title for that article is Climate Disasters Daily? Question mark. Welcome to the new normal. Around the United States, dangerous floods, heats, and storms are happening more frequently, Right. So in this article, this is just kind of what I was thinking about this, you know, like ahead of the show tonight. I'm just a little couple paragraphs from here. I said, catastrophic floods in the Hudson Valley, an unrelenting heat dome over Phoenix. Ocean temperatures are hitting, hitting 90 degrees Fahrenheit off the coast of Miami. A surprising deluge in Vermont, a rare tornado in Delaware. A decade ago, any one of these events would have been seen as an aberration. This week, they are happening simultaneously as climate change fuels extreme weather, prompting Governor Kathy Hochul of New York, a Democrat, to call it our new normal. Over the past month, smoke from Canadian wildfires blanketed major cities around the country. A deadly heat wave hit Texas and Oklahoma, and torrential rains flooded parts of Chicago. Quote, it's not just a figment of your imagination. It's not because, and it's not because everybody now has a smartphone said Jeff Berardelli, the chief meteorologist and climate specialist at WFLA News in Tampa. We've seen an increase in extreme weather. This is without a doubt, uh, this, this without a doubt is happening. It is likely to get more extreme. This year's powerful El Nino is developing over the Pacific Ocean is poised to unleash additional heat into the atmosphere, fueling yet more severe weather around the globe. Quote, we are going to see more stuff like happen this year around the earth than we have not seen in modern history. Mr. Birodelli said, and I'll stop there. So, I mean, you kind of, you get what I'm saying, but you know, you see, I don't know if people saw these climate maps, but you know, these ocean temperature maps that Birodelli is talking about off the coast of Miami, the water, the ocean water in the Gulf of Mexico and around Miami was over 90 degrees. The ocean water was over 90 degrees. We had such like deluges of rain um, from these slow-moving storms that have just been moving through. And I guess actually right before I got on tonight, I got the alert that kind of popped off that severe storm, uh, thunderstorm warning for uh, uh, for Percocy, right where I'm at. So uh, if suddenly the uh, thing fizzes out, you know why. <laughs> so that's moving through. But, you know, I, you watch some of this stuff, like in Vermont, right? There was so much rain that came down so fast. That, like, you know, basically this huge mudslide that basically wiped out part of a town, took out a road. We're seeing all throughout the Hudson Valley, people lost, you know, lost their lives in floods. It's, uh, it's, 
It's horrifying. Looking at the National Weather Service out of San Diego, an extended heat wave will impact inland, inland Southern California through early next week. Ludlow, Vermont was the name of the town. Ludlow, Vermont washed out Route 100 near Okimo, flooded over, uh, flooded that all, you know, flooded out the, the town completely. The images are just like just buried under mud and water. It's just, uh, it was, it was crazy. And I'll tell you, um, not only was this going on, but I don't know if you've seen the global pictures, right? Because what's been happening in the U.S., right? I mean, it's a fine, it's a thing that gets people's attention here. But if you look at the floods that happened in there some South America, there was some in India, um, this, this, it was this horrifying landslide flood in India where, I mean, there were, trees that were ripped off the side of of a mountain through these floods that were rushing through this town trees that were like you know like what three feet around being carried down the street into buildings like they were like matchsticks you know it's tough it's a it's a it's a tough time to be alive (laughs) You know, and I think that so many of us are just are really focused on uh, necessarily focused on finally building power at the local level to start turning the tide against this 40 year march toward the bottom. Right. Stripping away the social safety net, stripping away our confidence in kind of our ability to do things collectively together. right? Stripping away science. Right. And our reliance on science, stripping away uh, a kind of trust in each other stripping away like gains that took centuries to move forward, gains in voting rights, inequality, the deepening of democracy, right? I mean, you know, so many people, that's where we're focused on. And at the same time, we're doing it in this kind of climate catastrophe moment. It's been nuts. Um, so that's, I mean, that's certainly one of the things that I've been paying attention to this week. Um, another thing caught my eye, I don't know if people have seen this or not, but uh, for those of you who uh, are from Bucks County, uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where we're based, um, of course, you're familiar with uh, Paul Martino and uh, the, you know, this millionaire, multimillionaire dude who kind of uh, single-handedly funding uh, right-wing school board races, right? Um, well, he is uh, certainly, uh, definitely has aspirations beyond Bucks County and uh, where he where he lives in the Central Bucks School District. Um, and just this past week, um, Catherine Reinard, um, she's from the uh, Armchair Lehigh Valley um, blog, but she was, was also published in, um, what was it? I want to say it was the Morning Call. It was a partnership with the Morning Call. Um, but you'll appreciate this. Now, you remember the Parkland School District, um, there was, uh, God, why am I forgetting this dude's name? Um, let's see, Senate. The, uh, nope, that's not him. Uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Anyways, uh, he was the one that ran um, um, in that new Senate district um, that was based out of, um, like, the Allentown took in parts of Bucks County. Uh, but anyways, um, the guy who won that race was basically funded single-handedly by Jeffrey Yass, right? Jeffrey Yass, Yass, Jeffrey Yass, whatever you want to say, um, the richest guy in Pennsylvania, um, basically dumped a ton of money into that in order to kind of um, you know, fund this right-wing candidate um, in Allentown. Um, and that guy, before he uh, kind of ran for office, he was the um, he was on the Parkland School Board, uh, one of these guys who was kind of championing all the, you know, anti-masking and anti-CRT, you know the story, uh, the same stuff that's pushed pushed by Moms for Liberty and all this other kind of stuff, um, what's happening in school boards increasingly throughout the kind of state of Pennsylvania, but also across the country. Um, but anyways, you got a bunch of money in there. Well, 
Um, turns out that um, we've got the Parkland School District is now um, caught the ire or eye of uh, good old Bucks County native Paul Martino. Uh, and uh, he's uh, pumping a bunch of money into here. So here's the story. I'll read this again. This is from uh, this is by Catherine Reinard um, in her on her Substack, um, Armchair Lehigh Valley. So it says a political action committee funded by a Bucks County venture capitalist and Lehigh Valley business leaders gave sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars worth of in kind contributions to six Republican candidates running for Parkland School Board in the May sixteenth primary. Common Sense Solutions, founded by Republican Dean Browning, a former Lehigh County commissioner, was the biggest contributor among four PACs helping 11 candidates in the race. According to campaign finance reports filed in Lehigh, Lehigh County and the state for reporting periods that ran January 1st, through June, uh, January 1st through June 5th, the other PACs were Concerned Parents of Parkland, which is supporting the Democratic Slate, the Pennsylvania State Education Association's PACE, which gave members of both parties and the Education's First for Parkland, which was created by Republican candidates Michael Deering and Bobby Lanyon. So it goes on. Donors to Common Sense Solutions included venture capitalist Paul Martino of Doylestown, the founder of what is now Back to School PAC, who gave $3,000. David M. Jandel, president of Jandel Farms, who gave $2,500. And William Brackenberg, a co-owner of Lehigh Valley Sporting Clays in North Whitehall Township, who gave $2,500. Um, Brackenberg, you remember this, was among those subpoenaed to testify before U.S. House of Representatives Committee about his role as chairman of the alternate electors in the 2020 presidential elections. Right? So it goes in. So basically, they're pumping a ton of money into Parkland. Right? And so if you remember, after, um, after the, the, you know, the last round... Um, after the, you know, COVID started to dissipate after the last round of elections and so on. Paul Martino has basically thought about, okay, what can I do with this organization that I helped build? Um, but look out, here I come. Um, and he was very coy with the New York Times and their podcast, um, The Daily, saying basically, well, we'll see where we go next. Ha, 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 ha. Well, here he is, right? Um, again, it's, it's a familiar playbook and it's not going to change all that much from what we've seen already. We're going to see um, groups like Moms for Liberty um, and associated groups or maybe even kind of local kind of local groups of that same, I don't know, irk because, you know, they've got an entire media infrastructure to help them kind of get their messaging straight. And you got a ton of money flooding in, um, um, flowing into very specific candidates. One thing to notice Right, is that you've got, um, they do mention in there, the Pennsylvania State Education Association, or um, um, PSEA, was also one of the PACs that helped donate to there. But unlike those, the other money that was involved, uh, they gave both to both candidates from both political parties. Right? So, you know, they're kind of looking at, okay, who's going to be good for education? Who's going to be good for teachers? And, well, okay, this person's not so bad, this person's not so bad. Right. So they're kind of spreading their money around, kind of, you know, playing the kind of like the old political game, which was, you know, OK, you look for rational actors to kind of put money behind. Meanwhile, you've got a kind of very directed and pointed um, um, effort, um, financial effort to get specific candidates elected. Right. And they're putting all the money behind these six candidates. If those six candidates win, then they will then constitute a majority in the Parkland School District. Parkland's an interesting one, too, as well, because, I mean, like Central Bucks, right, um, to a lesser degree, Penridge, um, Parkland, for those of you who might not be familiar with Parkland, is kind of like known to be this kind of really good school, right? Parkland schools are really good schools, right? Um, and part of that is because, you know, you have the way that, you know, Allentown split up its districts, right? So that you've got you know, in part a class and a racial divide. Um, Parkland is much more white, right, um, than um, other uh, Allentown school district, uh, Allentown, Allentown area um, school districts. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it has this reputation, right? It has a reputation of being an excellent school, 
right? Um, and to the point where Parkland, like, you know, like you see in some other school districts too, you know, they, you know, some people would talk about them being a little bit snobby about that, about how good they were, right? But whatever, right? So, but, you know, up until now, Parkland has been, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's, you know, school board and kind of the electorate in the area leans in the kind of a little bit more conservative end, but not entirely. But here we go once again, we have an attack on a, you know, a, if you want to call it a flagship public school in an area in order to take over the school board and transform that into what amounts to a religious fundamentalist or a Christian nationalist curriculum. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but we all know this, but you know, I guess, I guess the message is there is that I think that um, one of the things that that means is that we have more parents groups to re reach out to. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the positive of this, right. Is that as these crazies and as these kind of billionaires who just want to stroke their egos by having the world reflected back to them in their own image, as they do these things, as they become more and more blatant and crass and horrific about what they're doing, right? The more we are connecting with other people, the more movements that are building, more organizing that's taking place, the more people are starting to say, hey, you know what? Democracy is not going to take care of itself. Our community is just not going to be better because that's the, you know, arc of progress or the arc of history. No, history bends. Right, but it bends by people, by our hands, by us. So that's the good news, I guess. What else we got? All sorts of stuff going on in the international um, international sphere, which you know I'm not going to go on to uh, too much here. Um, I'm looking at, you know, the was over the 500 days of the uh, the war in Ukraine, and. Uh, and now the U.S. is saying it's going to pass on cluster bombs. I, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. Uh, let's see what else we got. What else we got here today? I had a bunch of things I tagged that I wanted to kind of play, but I just uh, really let's okay. Let me be honest. To be honest, I'm just saying. You know, I would have said tonight. I'm like, okay. My head's still f kind of fried from kind of a long drive. Uh, I'm still tired. I spent the day kind of getting things kind of back together and all that. The last two days, actually, uh, around the house and so. So I haven't been spending too much time here. I spent the entire day today doing stuff for, uh, well, we kind of recorded a couple episodes, like I said, for the signal. Uh, but most of my day was taken up with stuff for uh, stuff from my work at Kustown. I had to do that. Um, catching up on some things that needed to be done, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know how it goes. But um, I couldn't, you know, I I gave one thought. I said, well, you know, maybe I'll let tonight slide and whatever. No, no, no. We just got to get back in that get back in that chair. Get back on the chair. Um, what goes on? Um, so yeah, but I, you know, love it for those folks who are kind of too, I have two turn. I've turned my face. My face is not working well tonight. I don't know what it is. Um, but anybody else, you know, if you got anything that's on your mind, um, kind of experience that you had throughout this week, uh, you know, throw it in chat if you're kind of with us live right now on YouTube and you've got some things to say. Um, got some cool things you've been reading, um, events that you went to. Um, let me know. Um, we're good to go. Oh, what else we got? Um, oh, the other thing is, I'm really curious about people this. This is completely non uh, well, it's political and non-political at the same time. But I don't know about you, but I have uh, also, Raging Chicken is now on Threads, right? Threads is the new Instagram app, or I'd say the Twitter-cloned uh, Instagram app that um, you can only, currently only use on your phone, right? You can't use it on your desktop and things like this. Um, but it works pretty much like, uh, pretty much like Twitter. And um, it's... Uh, at this point, at least more easier to use and more sane, right? Uh, so if you're looking for us over there on threads, right, if you're not following us already, you can just check us out, RC Press, at RC Press on threads. We're going to be um, posting more and more there. Uh, right now, there's still some limitations on that platform in the sense that it's, uh, uh, there's the messaging capabilities aren't there yet. Like again, the desktop app is not, um, is not really available for use. Um, so there's a bunch of things that are um, 
uh, a bunch of things that you know are, are uh, have still yet to catch up to see what to see what happens with that app. But I'll tell you, is like you know, Twitter has become more and more of uh, of a of a useless tool, um, and that's a shame because uh, as much of a as, as like a God, as much as a uh, you know, I don't want to call it a horror. I don't want to go too far, but you know, like look, Twitter was not the kind of place that you know was was enjoyable entirely. Yes, there was some joy there, but it was vicious, you know. And it was just, you know, troll-filled and hateful. And, uh, you know, it was the kind of thing that could leave you with a very bad taste about the humanity. And actually, kind of just the way that the, the algorithm worked, it really encouraged, you know, just like provocative attacks, right? Um, it was the, you know, the debate me, the, the debate, the, debate me, debate me boys were always there, right? You know, are you going to debate me? And, you know, people just saying things because they wanted to argue for the sake of argument, but really they have no investment in actually a real argument, right? We're actually kind of looking at stuff. You're trying to convince each other um, with different kind of perspectives and kind of a, some sort of genuine way. No, what, what Twitter, like arguing on Twitter is, was, is just kind of like mudslinging for the most part, right? Now that's not saying that real relationships didn't kind of happen on Twitter. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't have met a whole lot of folks that I kind of communicated with and reached out to and even brought on our show, right, had it not been for Twitter. But, you know, since Elon Musk has taken over that, it's become less and less of a useful tool, especially for those of us who are doing kind of, you know, independent media. It's just like you can never, you can never count on, you know, your stuff getting through. You never count on people seeing your material. Now, thankfully, right here at Raging Chicken, we've got just an awesome group of, of supporters, awesome groups of, uh, of patrons and uh, members and like Twitter warriors and stuff who are always there to kind of, you know, get the word out, right? So it's not that we haven't been, it's not that we've been kind of wrecked because of it, because we, cer we certainly have not, um, but your overall reach has changed, right? Because, you know, always the goal, right, is the goal is to kind of broaden the community, Right. Um, and, you know, let's be let's be real. A podcast like this one. Is, you know. Is geared to be regional. Right. I mean, Raging Chicken, when we were just a, a print publication, right, online print publication and not a podcast, um, our goal even then was, you know, we're not like primarily reporting on national stories. We're primarily focused on what's happening in Pennsylvania. You know, and for the longest time when we were doing writing, a lot of it was based out of uh, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, Sean Kitchen, who was like my my co-editor uh, for years. He was, you know, out of Harrisburg. And so we had a lot of state politics focus, right? That's where we were. Um, a lot of stuff that was happening. This is, we started to move into a podcast um, um, uh, format right around 2016. It was also when the Abscuff strike um, took place. I had been doing a lot of reporting and investigative work looking into the budget of state system of higher education. So we've always been kind of like in this um, particular kind of niche, right? Um, but the more you connect up with folks that are in your community, right, the better. Now, since all the stuff is turned with the school boards, I mean, we've having, you know, people know this, if you've been following the show for any length of time, um, that our attention has been, has been really focused on what's been happening within school boards, in part because, you know, one, it's happening in, right, literally my backyard, like, or almost my backyard, right? It's happening in my kids' school district. It's happening in the neighboring school districts, right? This right-wing kind of billionaire takeover of public education with, like, just crazy conspiracy theories and QAnon-adjacent um, board members, right? Destroying public education, what I care so much about. So I'll focus there. And part of what we do in the podcast, of course, is not just have, just focus on just the local stories, but we also try to bring in people that um, are working on some of the issues around this, right? So like, like I said, next week, we've got Alyssa Bowen coming on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about her piece in Truth Out called, um, oh, sorry, I was scrolled down too far. Um, her piece in Truth Out called A January 6th Moms Group Funded by Big Lie Donors is Stoking Voter Suppression. And no, this is not Moms for Liberty. This is another moms group. It's a group called Moms for America and how it's been flying under the radar as it works to undermine our rights, right? So Alyssa Bowen will be on the show. She's with, you know, True North Research. Um, or, yeah, True North Research. Um, 
and ha- follows the money, right? I mean, she digs into the money that helps support groups like Moms for Liberty, like these, uh, you know, kind of extremist candidates that are running for school board. All that's going on. So, you know, we always know that there's going to be a limited kind of reach to what we do. Um, but that's kind of the point, right? If you're building, you, you do a couple things, right? You know, if you're, you have a national show, you like, take, for example, you take the Rick Smith show, right? You know, the Rick Smith show is Rick always, like, always wanted that show to go national, right? Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean like at the, at the, at the at, you know, he didn't care about Pennsylvania. Like he still lots of focus on Pennsylvania, but the idea was to we need to bring back labor radio nationally, right? Rick Smith had always been the guy who's been saying, "Hey, look, you know, instead of like the few labor radio places that are out there, labor podcasts, labor kind of TV shows, whatever it might be, labor based stuff, instead of us working kind of against one another, we should find ways of networking, working together, right?" And the labor movement should support what we do, right? And he's been fighting that fight for the longest time to grow that audience, to bring the voice of the working class to this kind of more national audience, right? Right? And that's, he's been so incredibly freaking successful in doing exactly that. Hey, Emily. Hey, Ross. What's going on? Um, and that's awesome, right? But that's not what we do, right? You took it down. You take the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. They're very much kind of like, again, based in PA politics, right? And a lot of it, you get to hear a lot of stuff that's happening more on the western part of the state, right? Because they're all kind of based out that way, right? They're they're kind of embeds, if you will, right? It like, I mean, E M B E D S, embedded, right, within the kind of um um say uh, the movements of politics. Right, working for looking for advocacy organizations, working for kind of different candidates, right? Um, kind of network with candidates, de- network with the Democratic Party, and so on, and things like this, right? So that's you know they're going to be based in that. This is fantastic, right? And this show increasingly is being focused focused on what's happening here in Bucks County, um, because what we think, right, that what's happening here in Bucks County is one, it's absolutely critical that we stop this here, right, for our own sakes, but also, right, this is not just something that's about Bucks County, what's happening in our school districts, what's happening in our county, what's happening to like, you know, um, to all of us is part of a national agenda, right? It, it, you know, should be no surprise to anyone that, you know, what's happening here in Bucks County has also been happening in Virginia, has also been happening in Texas, has also been happening in Colorado, it's also been happening in California, it's also been happening in New York, right? I mean, it's like, it happens everywhere. It doesn't doesn't mean, and again, the other thing that's also important about it, it's not a red state, blue state thing. No, it's a district-based stuff, right? It is a political strategy that is based in, like, feeding red meat to the bases in local, uh, localities. It's a way of both driving people to polls to control um, to control education, um, and at the same time, like, motivate people to get to the polls um, to re- to keep Republican dominance, both within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and nationally, right? And as we've been, you know, we've had guests on the show who talked exactly about this, right? We look at, we had Chris Ullery, if you all recall, um, from the Bucks County Courier Times. He's also with the USA Today Network, right? He's the, uh, reports on extremism. Um, but, you know, he was on basically saying that, he'd be tracking the money, right? Tracking the money that is kind of being invested in the school districts. You know, um, we have other people on the show, you know, um, not too long ago, we had um, Catherine Joyce on the show, um, editor over at In These Times, uh, investigative editor there, um, talking about like Moms for Liberty and kind of what their agendas are. Um, This is important, right? The more that we can build community around this stuff, the better, I think, you know, Um, so pretty cool. But yeah, you had any experiences this past week, things going on uh, that you think everybody should know about, let me know. Um, love to hear from you. Um, any kind of leads of what's coming up, events coming up, anything you want to plug, any announcements that people want to put out there, let me know. Um, be happy to um, echo that. Uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, I know the other thing that I wanted to, um, that I wanted to mention was that um, it is clear now that, um, well, let me say it's clear. We all know that in the Penridge School District, um, 
Yeah, folks in uh, Ross says folks in Parkland, Allentown, and Upper Perkiomen are looking for looking to Penridge for their own school board election. Yeah, I'll tell you, we just I just read a selection from that article that came out. Um, uh, what was it? Parkland in Parkland, four packs emerge in schools. Right on uh, Catherine Reinhardt's uh, Substack, um, Armchair Lehigh Valley. I'm talking about exactly that. How Paul, Mar- Paul Martino is dipping into that. Right, one hundred percent. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, so I just totally lost my train of thought. God, I don't know. Oh, I know, I know, I know. So one thing in the Penridge School District um, that just is taking place is, as you know, the uh, superintendent of uh, Penridge Schools, Bolton, Dr. Bolton, um, announced that he ha- was leaving for health reasons. Um, he was going to take a short break this summer, um, but then basically said, no, he wants his health leave extended until October 31st. And um, then he is now going to leave permanent, which means, as we've said here, that there's going to be a new uh, search for a new superintendent. So... Um, this is going to be an absolutely critical process, right? And one of the things that is going to happen as we get closer to this fall's election. So the Penridge school board, which is dominated by the extreme right wing of the Republican party uh, here in um, Bucks here in the Penridge school area school district um, is going to be hiring that new superintendent. Right, and they are going to be doing the interviewing, and they're going to be doing the hiring. So yes, even though Joan Cullen and Megan Bannis Clemens, the two uh, um, kind of two leaders of the two factions on the school board, both far right, right, um, they are going to basically hire a school board director that is um, or a um, school a uh, superintendent who is going to oversee their plans to remake the Penridge School District in the image of Hillsdale College. It's unclear at this point to me, at least, uh, to what, uh, how much the public is going to be, have any say in all of this, other than what we already see at the school board meetings. Um, a few days ago, the school board just released a survey um, that they want to know, like, you know, um, it says the Penridge school, bo- uh, school director is interested in hearing from the Penridge community about the strengths, characteristics, and skills of the ideal candidate for this important position. Please help the Penridge school board directors by completing a brief survey to share your opinion. Right. Um, so you click on this survey and um, you can fill it out and send it in. What's very interesting to me about this is, well, well, first of all, let's just say this. There's some. You know, th- some things are basically, please indicate um, the group that best represents you and you click everything that's, you know, um, are you a local business owner, a community member, a taxpayer, a Penridge employee or other, right? And then it says, ask you to rank the priorities of uh, the areas that matter to you, which is interesting to me. It's everything from academics, athletics, um, arts, building relationship, community stakeholders, all this kind of stuff, Right. Um, and then there's the one thing that sticks out. You say, one of these things is not like the other. It's social-emotional learning. They have a question on there, like, how much is that important to you? Why do I pick that out, right? Is that just something that everybody cares about? Is that something that's on every survey? Well, here's the thing. If you put that on the list of priorities and you think about everybody's responding to it, it's probably not going to get, my guess would be, it's probably not going to get the highest priority, right? Not because people don't care about it. There's a whole lot of parents, there's a whole lot of community members who have no idea what that even means, right? And that's basically all social emotional learning means like, hey, we're going to actually kind of help facilitate ways to help students, uh, help students and help kids make good choices in their lives, right? You know, help them kind of have finding other ways of kind of dealing with their kind of angers and frustration and mediating conflict, Right. Other ways of kind of like kind of engaging with some, some sort of empathy or care, right? I mean, all those things we value in our community, right? Um, but integrating with the schools, and I can tell you, my kids in, in elementary school, they it was they were it was phenomenal, right? It was just it imbued the whole school with a sense of we care, 
right? I mean, that was, you know, whatever. But so it's just interesting to me. So was this always on this survey? I don't know, right? But that's very interesting to me that it's there because uh, my guess is that's going to be utilized as a way to um, denigrate social, um, social emotional learning. Just that's my gut feeling on that. Um, then you've got, you know, the, uh, uh, which following traits and characteristics do you want? They have a strong familiarity with the school district, a clear educational vision, deep knowledge of curriculum, has a deep knowledge of school financing, and so on, right? You want them to be highly visible? Are they staff-centered, safety-centered, community-centered, financially-centered? Has experience at level of education? What are, and then there's a bunch of questions. What are the overall top three traits and characteristics of the new superintendent? Open comments, right? What are your overall top three priorities for the new superintendent? Open comments. I can't, under, I can't, I can't underscore how important it's going to be for, um, for those of us who are trying to kind of save Penridge um, to fill out this survey, because I guarantee you the Republican Party, right, um, and the kind of like the Red Wizards of Thay are going to be organizing full well to make sure that their people um, get out and fill out the survey. And they're going to use that as a way of justifying whoever they hire. The question is, is that how much, who, what kind of candidates are they going to get? I have, I want to be, I want to preface this by saying, I am not saying that I'm, what I'm about to say, I'm not saying because I have direct evidence of this, right? I'm saying because this would be a strategy consistent with what we've seen from the school board. Okay. So. Trying to think in the mind of kind of the Red Wizards of Thay, right? How would I kind of approach the hiring a superintendent? Well, first of all, right, they've already been, they've already, there's been so, so much mismanagement and kind of like violations of ethics and laws and everything that that school board has done. So my guess is that they're going to want a little distance. They're not going to want to try to um, like scuttle this search. But now remember, they just hired this guy, right? Jordan Adams from Vermilion, right? And Jordan Adams is connected to Hillsdale College, right? Yes, Vermilion education is not, uh, is not a subsidiary of Hillsdale College, but they, you know, they swim in the same sea. They're from, they got the same roots, right? They sow the same seeds, same thing. And they're connected to this right-wing network, education network that are attempting to destroy public education. So, you know, since Jordan Adams is plugged into that, you know that he's also plugged into that network, which means that that's a great opportunity for someone like Jordan Adams to basically reach out to a whole bunch of uh, potential candidates and say, hey, look, Vermillion is the first contract. Uh, the, we've got the, the first ever contract with a public school. This is your opportunity to help the movement, meaning the right-wing movement. Right? and to encourage them to apply, right? And just imagine the scenario, right? They get a bunch of right-wing candidates to come, and all these right-wing candidates are saying, hey, I come to Penridge because I really dig this Jordan Adams guy, or I really dig this return to classical education or getting away from DEI and so focusing on the students, right? That's kind of the language they always use. And so you got them, then it makes it seem normal, right? I mean, that's the that's the way these things always work, right? That's the way these kind of political strategists think. So we'll see. This is going to be absolutely critical, right? The Penridge School Board election um, in the fall and the hiring of the superintendent. Why I say that this is the last gasp or this is the, 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 the last hurrah, I wouldn't even say the last hurrah of the the, the, uh, the extremists on the school board. But Megan Bandis Clemens and Joan Collin are both stepping down, Right. Megan Bennis Clements has been the, you know, has been the the ringleader of the extreme wing. Right? So there's gonna be some change. There'll be some change, right? Um, a bunch of the candidates who are running on the Republican side of the ticket um, are also of that same mindset. So we might end up being the same thing. But this is their opportunity to basically use their power once again um, to get what they want and like the hell the rest of us, right? And someone like Megan Bannis-Clemens has got nothing but spite left, spite and hate, 
And so you can guarantee that she is going to go all in to try to kind of like give the giant F you to us in the community um, through whatever she can do to hire this uh, uh, superintendent in her own image. We shall see. Anyways, I uh, hope you all are doing well tonight. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back in this seat. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, both catching up on things, getting back to work. Uh, also enjoying some time with my kids um, uh, throughout the summer as best possible. Uh, I know there's some fundraisers coming up um, that I'm looking forward to. There's opportunities to do door knocking. There's opportunities to uh, um, get the word out to your communities um, and uh, just, you know, continue to build those communities where you can. Um, but yeah, so awesome. Remember next week, um, I'm very, very excited that Alyssa Bowen will be back on the show. Alyssa Bowen uh, over from True North Research. Um, she is uh, going to be talking about her new article and truth out called a January six moms group funded by big lie donors is stoking voter suppression. Um, and no, this moms group is not moms for Liberty. This is another one. It's been flying under the radar called moms for America, but it's connected to the same sets of extremists, right-wing billionaire donors. Um, and they've got the same agenda of pushing voter suppression, election denialism and attacking public schools. Oh, yes. Moms for America, they're called. Got to love that. All right, everybody. I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, feels good to be back. Uh, hope you all are doing well. Um, hope people made it through the flooding okay. Um, the, what little of it we had here in parts of Bucks County. There were some that up in Quakertown area was a little bit more significant. Um, but uh, we're, uh, we're in for it. Um, my thoughts go out to all those folks who are kind of being ravaged by climate um, chaos right now. Um, and uh, hopefully that we're going to find a way um, for some positive solutions there. Uh, but for now, this is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. want to remind you that you can help support this show um, by heading over to patreon.com slash rcpress. We've got a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Uh, we'll see you this Friday for the Friday Politics Roundup, and next Monday back here with Alyssa Bowen True North Research. Talk to you soon, everybody. See ya! Oh,